That was uh, Mirabai Star back on the show. Uh, she's really a truly a delight. And not only does she have some wonderful speaking voice, she really uh, is very knowledgeable. She has a great knowledge of the Christian mystics and also uh, the Hindu tradition is quite familiar to her. her influences from Baba Ramdas, uh, uh, or as I, I believe he's known as Ramdas now. I always enjoy listening to her. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. Yes, and I think uh, one of the things that's most appealing about Mirabai is her authenticity. Mm -hmm. There's no uh, artifice or um, uh, anything artificial about her approach to these things. She's genuine and she's honest, and I think that's very appealing to people in addition to her being very knowledgeable and very uh, uh, warm and compassionate. Yeah, one of the things that fascinates me about But her, enough about Mirabai. Let's talk about us. No. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, uh, she'd <laughs> want us to do that. No, uh, you know, she, what fascinates me, one of the things that fascinates me about her is she grew up in a spiritual uh, setting uh, where, yes. where we, you know, New Age or whatever you want to call it. She's known uh, Baba Ramdas or Ramdas since she's a kid, young kid. And, you know, she's dealt with these areas of spirituality. Now, I know from a number of other kids that have grown up in spiritual communities, sometimes they embrace it and sometimes they reject it. And it's sure. all, I think, on how it's presented to them. And I think in her case, her parents or whoever it was that really introduced her did it in such a way that she uh, has maintained uh, a deep interest. I don't think she felt it was anything that was ever forced on her. And uh, she continues to uh, learn and move in that direction and, and inspire others. Yeah, I think you're right. It's been very interesting to me to uh, speak to people either about their children or uh, the children themselves. And by children, I, I don't mean right. uh, people who are little kids. I mean, people of our generation often raise kids in a, a non-conventional spiritual setting. And their kids either gravitated to it or got out of there as quickly as they could right. and, you know, did what, what young people do and rebel mm -hmm. even against their parents who had in turn rebelled. And um, so I've seen both. And it's very interesting. I, I don't know if anybody's ever done a study about, um, you know, different styles of parenting around uh, the parents' spiritual commitments, but I would guess it's not that much different growing up in an unconventional spiritual community or household than it would be if if you grew up, you know, with uh, uh, deeply Christian parents or orth Orthodox Jews or anything where there was a kind of orthodoxy that. Um, um, was imposed on you. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, one one um, person we had on recently, Claire Hoffman, her book, uh, yeah. Surviving Utopia, I think is the name of the book. It's a wonderful book about growing up in the TM community in, yeah. in Fairfield, Iowa, that we're very familiar with, and what she liked about it and what she didn't like about it and what she uh, embraces and what she lets go. And I, and I think uh, what she brings out in her book, uh, like you're saying, can be... Uh, uh, will be very similar to what uh, you hear from uh, kids that grew up in any type of spiritual community. And I think sometimes uh, parents get very excited about <coughs> spirituality and assume that their kids, it's in their genetic makeup and they're going to continue. But it yeah. doesn't always uh, 
it doesn't always work that way. But getting back to Mirabai, you know, uh, I think that uh, I wanted to talk to her a little bit uh, about, and I know you did too, about, uh, you know, spirituality and politics, and she touched upon it. But, yeah. uh, and, and certainly she felt it was important. But I think it's so much in her nature, spirituality, and really delving into theology and philosophy and, and that side of life, uh, that was something she felt most comfortable with. And I think there were people that are very spiritual, but very uh, astute and sort of articulate when it comes to politics, but not so astute or, uh, or, or articulate when it comes to spirituality. So we, we see a little bit of, uh, you know, everything yeah. from different people. And I think that's sure. Great. I was very encouraged by what she said about uh, the millennial people, a generation that's been coming to her programs um, and their level of engagement uh, and their um, a commitment to both spirituality and social change. Right. Uh, that's very encouraging. Right. You know, from our generation, while I was thinking about it, uh, a lot of people got involved, myself included, involved in uh, spirituality because we had been involved politically. And became disillusioned and thought, this is going nowhere. I got to look somewhere else. And, and right. it was a very good thing. You know, it was, and, and, and I think uh, we may see that happening again, where people look at the state of politics and think, are you kidding me? You know, I, I find no meaning here. Let me look elsewhere. But I think ultimately, you know, spirituality has to be the basis of politics. It's something Mirabai was talking about. It's something that Marianne Williamson has talked to us about. We've talked to each other about it and to many of our guests. And, yeah. I, and I think uh, this is a message uh, I'd like to encourage. To I, I, I'd i be very shocked if the millennial generation repeated the the uh, pattern of the baby boomer generation. If this was all so new to us, this kind of alter, alternative spirituality. And um, don't forget, back in those days, um, there were serious immediate threats to our well-being. You know, there was a the draft, a the draft, and the catastrophic war in Vietnam. Uh, there was, it was, you know, now it could ev devolve into something like that. In which case, the millennials will have to uh, adjust the way. Uh, I hope in a better way than the baby boomers did. But um, uh, times are different, and people now. Um, have many more spiritual alternatives, and I don't think they see the separation or the need, the feeling of, I want to get out of here, I want to escape all this, doesn't seem to be quite as prevalent. Right. Uh, when I read uh, that uh, a half a million young people have gathered together on a small farm in New York State uh, to listen to music and do whatever they do these days, then I know we've gone full, 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 full cycle. <laughs> But, but it'll probably manifest itself in a different way. And it's fascinating. Yeah. You know, every generation is different. And, and what, what, what's also very interesting about this uh, generation is something we should uh, actually be, we should do a few shows on. And that is uh, the influence of uh, technology on spirituality. Because yeah. all the Skyping and the tweeting and, and uh, the absorption in machines and uh, when I say machines, computers, and and uh, the more human interaction through computers, less direct inter interaction between people, and how that is either enhancing or uh, uh, or hurting their spiritual uh, development and growth is, I think, a real discussion uh, for the future, for now, into the future. 
Another time, then. Another time. All right, till next time. Okay. Phil, uh, uh, many more coming up. And yes. uh, please uh, email us. Go to our website, spiritmatterstalk.com. Contact us. Give us suggestion for guests. Give us feedback. It is always appreciated. Okay. Over and out.